What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Engage 8 Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my two co-hosts, Josh and Mike. Before we get started, just want to ask you guys to like and subscribe uh, to the channel. Uh, all of our socials are in the description down below. We also have our TikTok and Spotify in there as well, if you like different forms of content. And uh, today we're going to be going into the divisional round games. And before that, Mike is going to get us started with some headlines. So you want to get us going with that? Yeah, just a couple coaching and then the NFL Combine. Uh, this year, the combine is going to stay in Indy. It's been here since like uh, 92 or something. So NFL combine going to stay in Indy this year, but on to some head coaching topics. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it on the last pod, um, but the Patriots officially announced Gerard Mayo as their next head coach. We had hinted at it um, for a lot of the season as po- a possibility from post Belichick. Well, he, this season was over. Uh, it ended up coming to fruition and, um, uh, interesting move considering they don't have a quarterback, but we'll see how it works out for them. Uh, Nick Sirianni has not been fired yet as of January 18th. He is meeting with their owner, Jeffrey Lurie, on Friday to decide his future with the team. Uh, Bill Belichick was interviewed again by the Atlanta Falcons today. That's his second interview with them, uh, which leads me to my next topic. We had talked about him possibly going to Dallas. That will not happen this season. Mike McCarthy is going to return for his fifth season as the Cowboys head coach. They are one and three in the playoffs under McCarthy. It's crazy to me that he's already been there for five years. It really does not feel like that long at all, but um, he'll be there for a fifth season. Bill Belichick will not be the next Cow- Dallas Cowboys head coach. Mike Vrabel, a uh, highly touted coach, he was interviewed by the Chargers today. Seahawks and Falcons are also interested in him. But um, in the end, I think it seems like Jim Harbaugh will most likely be the next coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. He's interviewed with them. He's also interviewed with the Falcons. I think he's going to go to L.A. And um, a couple of the jobs really have no clue who's going to be the coach uh, at this point. Panthers, Raiders, it seems like it's going to be Antonio Pierce. And then the Seahawks. Uh, it was leaning Dan Quinn, but I don't know. Yeah, a lot to unpack there. Mayo did say, I saw today a podcast clip. He was saying something like he would. they're going to invest draft capital in the most important position. So... That basically tells you all, all you need to know there. For sure, drafting a quarterback, we basically already knew that. Um, what else? Dan Quinn, I agree. I do think he's going to be the Seahawks head coach. The Mike McCarthy thing, um, between him and Sirianni, I thought he was the more likely one who deserved to stay. Uh, I don't think it's the worst decision in the world that they're keeping him. Um, Sirianni, we will see uh, what happens with him. Um, something's telling me they're not going to fire him, though. Something's telling me I they're going to hold on to him. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Harbaugh, uh, I agree. I do think he is going to go to the Chargers. Uh, it's crazy that uh, he's him taking any interviews basically means he's leaving Michigan. So he's going to have some sort of job in the NFL this season as a head coach. Uh, just depends on what team that ends up being. And then Belichick and the Falcons. Having to interview Bill Belichick twice is kind of crazy. I mean, you know what you're getting with Bill. I don't know why they needed to interview him twice. It seems he's going to go to the Falcons. Um, I don't see a situation where he goes to the Falcons and they don't go and either draft a quarterback high or go trade for like a Justin Fields. So I assume they're going to go make some serious changes to improve that roster. Uh, so that'll be very interesting to see. And I think he will be the next head coach for them. Uh, but I think the dice will probably shake out in the next week and a half or so. Yeah, I don't want to make any predictions on who's going where until anything actually happens. But uh, to your Gerard Mayo point, uh, I think it's great that they're getting that out of the way early so he can get a good look on all the potential offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, all the potential staff members that he can have really get everything just 
to his liking, at least before free agency starts, so they can have an idea of how they want to shape the roster. And I do think it's a good idea to pair the head coach and the quarterback uh, just to not necessarily to to link them together, but it just feels right to set a culture with a fresh start on both ends of it. And uh, with the Eagles and Cowboys head coaching situations, it's like you said, Josh, I did expect McCarthy to stay. I didn't think it was a, it was going to be a huge thing if he did get fired though. Sirianni, I do think he needs to go. He will probably end up staying, but it'd be a weird thing to see either of them go, especially given the success that they've had recently, especially the Eagles with Super Bowl birth last year and then starting out 10 and one, and then just a monumental collapse at the end of the year. And then what are the other ones you guys talked about? Oh, Belichick being interviewed a second time. Um, yeah. Interviewing Belichick twice is pretty funny, but for me, the Falcons, like it doesn't make that too much or it, it doesn't make too much sense to me for him to go to the Falcons. Cause the Falcons, their defense is fine. Their defense was pretty good last year, especially in the red zone for the most part, but they really just needed to figure everything out on offense. So them going defensive head coach really means they got to hit a hit it out of the park with the offensive coordinator hire and just get the quarterback spot right to really command all those weapons, whether it's Justin Fields or they uh, stay at eight and pick like Penix or Daniels if he falls or something. I don't know. But and then Jim Harbaugh, uh, I would be I'd be shocked to see him not as a charging uh, the Chargers coach next year. I'd be really interested to see who he brings on as his staff, whether he dips into the college pool of guys he trusts recently, or he just goes back to his his uh, NFL roots back in his time in San Francisco and goes someone from that uh, area. But again, I'm not going to speculate too much until I see something uh, confirmed by any of the big time NFL guys. So for the most part, that is where we're just at in the NFL. It's kind of dead for the teams that aren't in the postseason. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think the Falcons wanted Arthur Blink to interview Bill Belichick. I think he just wanted to do it himself. So that really does make me think that he's going to the Falcons. Um, but other than that, I, I really don't got much. All right, then we will move on to our first game of the divisional round. Texans at Ravens. Baltimore is favored by nine in this game. The over-under is 43 and a half. Uh, Baltimore is far and away the best rushing offense in the league. Um, Houston is sixth in rush defense, though. I think they have an opportunity to maybe shut down that Baltimore run game. We've seen Baltimore in the playoffs be shaky at times uh, in the Lamar Jackson era. And if they can stop that run game, I think they'll be in a decent spot. They could force Baltimore's uh, pass offense to throw. Baltimore's 21st in the league in pass offense. Uh, If you could force them to throw, I think they're still a very good offensive team, especially when they have Mark Andrews back and he should be back this week. Um, I think – you, if you force them to throw, I still think that that's a recipe for success. Baltimore's biggest weakness is their rush defense. Houston's not usually a very good running team, or they haven't been this year. Uh, Devin Singletary's had big games at times, but that's not their game. They're going to want to throw it deep. They're going to want to pass the ball. Uh, but if they can establish a run game early in this game, get Singletary going, I think they could be in a good spot. Houston's not as good. Uh, as good as they're a passing team, they're not as good on the road as they are at home. Uh, especially in a cold environment here. I think that could be a problem for them going into Baltimore and being able to sustain that same success that they've had at uh, at home, just chucking it deep. Um, overall, though, I like Baltimore's experience. I like their coaching uh, advantage there. I like them at home. Uh, so I do lean Baltimore in this one. I'm leaning Baltimore as well, but I think this game could turn out to be a lot closer than those are expecting. 
the cold weather definitely throws a nice little wrinkle into it, which definitely goes Baltimore's way. But as you mentioned, Baltimore's health earlier with Andrews coming back, uh, Schefter tweeted out that the Ravens are ruling out Marlon Humphrey for the game with a calf injury. So Nico Collins, he's been going off the last month or so and sparingly throughout the year with the emergence of Tank Dell and a little bit of Noah Brown sprinkled in. But he's got the receiving room to himself. So hopefully he'll be able to take advantage of that. But if the Ravens want to take this one, uh, especially at home, they're going to have to – their pass rush is going to have to get home. The Texans, they're, they're, uh, the engine in their offense is easily C.J. Stroud, one of the best rookie quarterback seasons we've seen in a very long time and maybe even ever. It's just a very, very important part to just make sure he's not comfortable in that pocket. He's got very good pocket presence, but if you get him on the ground early and often, you'll definitely make him sweat a little bit. That'll just – force him to be in an uncomfortable spot for a majority of the game. But I do trust Baltimore's defense to do that. They've got a lot of talented individuals out there. But Baltimore's offense is where I'm keeping my eye on as well. Uh, Will Anderson is a great edge rusher, but Lamar, I don't think he's ever seen anybody like Lamar before because Lamar is literally a one-of-one as a quarterback. No one is as shifty as him with the consistency of an arm. He won MVP for a reason a few years ago, and he's probably in line to win his second this year, if I'm not mistaken. But they're the one seed for a reason. Uh, I think they come out on top in this one. But in the back of my mind, I keep thinking of that divisional round game against Tennessee a few years ago. might have been four or five years ago, actually, where they had the bye. They played Tennessee, and then they just fell flat, and Derrick Henry ran all over them. So you got to just take control of the clock, go up early, make Stroud have to make some hero throws, make him make rookie mistakes. And if they can do that, I think they come away with the win. Yeah, that's really the thing. The Ravens, they've been very bad in the playoffs recently, and specifically under Lamar Jackson. Uh, They're 1-3 in the playoffs, averaging just 13 points per game in his four starts in the playoffs. They need to be better. Those three losses have all come against defensive coaches that have been able to exploit Lamar's weaknesses, especially at the time. Gus Bradley is a very good defensive coordinator. Mike Vrabel, we all know he's great with defense, and Sean McDermott. Those are three guys who are great defensive head coaches, and D'Amico Ryans has proven that he is a great defensive head coach. This Texans defense has been very good. They dominated the Browns last week. They had two defensive touchdowns. Um, and They've been very good against the good teams this season as well. 10 games against teams that finished the year with their winning record. They are 7-3 and three in those 10 games. Shot has averaged over 300 passing yards, uh, 21 touchdowns compared to two interceptions. The lights are never too bright for C.J. Stroud. So this is a great defense for the Ravens. They're going to have to try to shut him down. Um, this Texans team is just, like I said, sh- showing up in the right moments. They've never made it to a conference title game. They've never even won a road playoff game. So we'll see if... Um, CJ Stroud can continue to turn around this Houston franchise. Uh, but this Ravens team, they've been different all year. Lamar Jackson, we've talked about it uh, almost every week, how he's changed his play style, and he's just been phenomenal. He's the MVP favorite this year. I've been very impressed by him. This year has maybe the best weapons of his career. OBJ, Zay Flowers, Isaiah Likely, Rashad Bateman. And I saw that it's possible somehow for Mark Andrews to play this week. He did practice yesterday fully. Uh, he, I think he like broke his tibia or something and uh, had surgery on his ankle. Um, and somehow he might be able to return and play this week, which would be huge for this offense. Yeah, I mean, there's always the the question marks uh, with the Ravens based on how they performed in the Lamar era and the playoffs. Uh, and that is a concern. 
I think this Texans team is just scrappy enough where they, when they need to play good on defense, they can get the stops they need. When they need a big play on offense, CJ Stroud can air it out to Nico Collins and uh, get it done for him. Like you said, Humphrey's hurt. Uh, that's a big problem for the Ravens. Uh, like I said, their pass defense is not fantastic. It's been pretty solid this year, but not fantastic. Um, I think they could, uh, without Marlon Humphrey, that could be a big problem for them. And if you can uh, get the ball over the top, especially in uh, those cover two defenses, I think you can go crazy uh, on this Ravens team without Marlon Humphrey. So part of me wanted me wanted to pick the Texans here. I wasn't going to do it. I'm not ballsy enough to take the Texans here. But um, with the spread being minus nine, I don't think it's the craziest pick ever to take the Texans here. We'll get into our betting picks later. But um, I don't think it's the craziest thing ever to pick the Texans here. I am in love with the over 43 and a half though. Uh, I think they're definitely going to get that. I mean, we saw the Texans basically got that, got that themselves uh, last week. I don't remember exactly how many points they scored, but I think 45. it was, oh, it was 45. Yeah. 45, 14. Uh, then they did get it themselves uh, last week. So I love that over. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to take a pick on the, uh, on the spread for this game. Uh, to be fair, just because Baltimore is just so good overall that I could definitely see. I mean, we saw them play some good teams this year. Like they went and they played the Lions. Lions came into Baltimore and just got absolutely rattled by the Ravens. Uh, did did the Texans and Ravens play this year? Do we know? It feels like one of those games yeah. that probably they happened, but they I played. don't remember. Did the Texans keep it close? Um, I can't remember. Yeah, they had to have played because the. Ravens played the Colts, right? And they played the the Jags and the Titans. So I think they had Yeah, Ravens won twenty five to nine. Twenty five oh that was week one, wasn't it? Yeah, we yeah. Yeah, that was week one. So they haven't played in what is that, four months now, five months almost. Yeah. Uh a lot has changed since then. Uh but I'm going with the Ravens. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier. Uh I'm I'm going with Baltimore. I was leaning that way. Uh Really just looking at it on a neutral standpoint, but with the weather being as crazy as it is just in the United States right now, especially near us in the Midwest, uh, Baltimore and it being near Buffalo or relatively close to Buffalo, you got to just anticipate the weather could be kind of crazy. Baltimore's used to that. Houston, they're playing in a dome uh, back south, and it's just I, I don't trust them in the outdoor elements as much as I can trust Baltimore. And I think, like you mentioned, Josh, they have a really good run game, especially starting with Lamar. I trust Lamar, which is going absolutely crazy. I don't think Houston's pass for us is going to be good enough to contain that. And, Mike, you mentioned it. Lamar's got his best group of weapons that he's had his entire career. Uh, I'm, I'm going to trust the MVP favorite, uh, and I'm going Baltimore. Yeah, I really, I really want to pick the Texans in this game. It would not shock me at all if they win. They've, like I said, they've shown up in big games all year. I can see them going on a run like the Bengals did a couple of years ago, going to the Super Bowl and potentially winning it. But I think overall, this Ravens team is just, they're just better. Um, their defense, I think, is going to have to show up. They can't let CJ Shroud walk over them. OBJ said this is the best team he's ever been a part of. So I'm going to believe him. I, Ravens have their work cut out. This is going to be a tough game. Uh, I think it's going to be very close. A nine and a half point spread for this game really surprises me. So. I'm going with the Ravens, but I think it's only to be close. 
I think Mark Andrews coming back could actually maybe do more bad than good for the Ravens. If I mean, they've been rolling with Likely. Likely's a really good tight end. I know Mark Andrews and Lamar have such good uh, chemistry, but trying to rekindle that chemistry in a playoff game, just like on the dime when he's only been practicing for a few days is kind of risky. I almost would would rock with likely this game and wait it out until uh, next week. I know you don't can never guarantee next week in the playoffs, but um, maybe they rock with likely early and then incorporate some Mark Andrews there and some plays that they've been practicing. I could definitely see that happening, but we'll see what happens with that. Uh, moving on here to the Saturday night game Packers at 49ers. The spread is nine and a half in favor of the 49ers in this game and the over under is 50 and a half. Um, San Francisco's biggest weakness is their pass defense so far uh, this season. Uh, as I, So far, like we're not basically done, but uh, this season. Uh, and they're running into one of the hottest offenses in the league in the Packers. Jordan Love has just been fantastic in this back half of the season. Uh, really, ever since that uh, game on Thanksgiving against the Lions, he's been pretty dialed in since then. Um, Green Bay's bad defense, I think, should catch up to them here. The Niners are just great in the pass game on offense. They're great in the run game on offense. And something's got to give for Green Bay. I don't think this defense is as good as they've been playing of recent. Uh, we saw for most of the season they sucked uh, in the pass game. They sucked in the run game, especially in the run game. I could see that biting them in the ass here. Uh, Green Bay was really, really good against the run last week, as we expected, although they're a bad running team. But Dallas's rush offense just isn't like San Francisco's. They're not going to be able to dial up those schemes that Shanahan can. Uh, that's going to really confuse this Green Bay front. I think that's a problem for them. And we've seen Shanahan has owned LaFleur so far in the playoffs. Yeah, Shanahan's definitely had LaFleur's number, especially the last, I believe, three matchups. I think Niners are 3 0. Um, Green Bay, like you said, Jordan Love has been phenomenal. I believe in the last couple months or month and a half, he's got like a 21 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio, which is just heartbreaking to see as a Bears fan. Um, but I'll kind of try and steer away from my Bears fandom here. Uh, like you said, Josh, San Francisco, they've got an insanely good offense. They've had it all year. They've really only had like two or three games where their offenses just failed to move the ball, and they were against really good defenses, and I don't see a defense uh, sitting across from them right now that will be able to stop them. CMC is the one of the many heads on this offense that just is borderline unstoppable when they are at full strength, and Tony Pollard is no – CMC. So Green Bay is going to have their, their hands full with this one. If Brock Purdy is just not rusty, I know you mentioned it a few weeks ago to see if resting the starters and having the bye week, if that uh, creates some rust for the Niners, if they just start slow, somehow choke the game to a seven seed, then there's going to be conversations to be had about resting your starters just for that. But I guess we'll cross the bridge when we come to it. I fully expect San Francisco to come out with two weeks of practice to get healthy uh, and just get everything locked into place. They got to see Green Bay against Dallas. They got to see what Dallas did and how it just didn't work. So they're going to have to rely on their pass rush, if I'm not mistaken, just to get to Jordan Love. Don't let him reset the pocket when he scrambles. Don't let him just get time in general. And just do your best to cover the the deep Green Bay receiving room, and I think that they've got a really good chance to win. The Houston-Baltimore spread, I think, is a little inaccurate of how the final score is going to look, but I think Green Bay and San Francisco, I'd be taking the points for San Francisco on this one. Yeah, um, third time in five seasons these two teams have played in the playoffs. Uh, like we've talked about, the 49ers have pretty much they've won a majority of the matchups. We saw last week 
Uh, Packers dominated the Cowboys. Uh, Kyle Shannon said he was scouting this game since I think the end of the first quarter or something. So he has an extra three quarters of scouting to go for this one. They were able to shut down Dak Prescott in the first half, and the Cowboys' offense was one-dimensional, really. They had no run game, and considering the Packers are a four-run defense, I think that says a lot about the Cowboys. Um, When they were able to shut down that run game, when they were able to shut down Dak, they pretty much were able to stop that Cowboys' offense. They are not going to be able to do that this week with the 49ers. The third-most rushing yards in the NFL this season, Christian McCaffrey. He's been phenomenal, and they also have the fourth most passing yards. So they can beat you by the run, beat you by the pass. It doesn't matter. Like I said, the Packers, four-run defense. They gave up the fifth most rushing yards in the NFL during the regular season. I think this 49ers offense is going to be able to move the ball pretty much every time they have it. It's going to be up to Jordan Love to keep the Packers in this game. They are 0-2 against the 49ers while scoring just 15 points per game and two losses against Kyle Shanahan with Matt LaFleur. The new era, Jordan Love's going to have to find a way to turn that around if they want a chance. Uh, past nine weeks, he's been phenomenal. Like you said, Zach, 21 touchdown compared to one interception. So he's going to have to keep it going. Yeah, uh, like you said, Zach, uh, the rest versus rest debate is definitely going to be uh, up for debate here with both these games that we just spoke about uh, with the Packers and the Texans. You have two teams that uh, are not as good as the team they're playing against, but they're red hot. They've been playing, and the team they're playing against has been resting their starters. I mean, it's been, what, three weeks now since we've seen uh, either of these teams uh, have their full starting lineups out there ready to go. I think the Packers are going to struggle in defense this game. I think they're going to have to score like 30 points to win this game, uh, which is always tough against the Niners off or defense. But I don't know. Something's telling me the Packers can maybe compete in this game and cover the spread. I'm going to go with the Niners to win, uh, but – both of these games here with the Packers, 49ers, and Ravens, and Texans, um, these big spreads, I just don't, even though we've been seeing, I mean, we saw last week all the blowouts, something about big spreads in the playoffs over a touchdown I don't feel good about, uh, but I'm going to go with the Niners to win this game, and I think I'd probably go with the under on 50 and a half. Uh, I've been saying it uh, since probably month or so ago since Aaron Jones has come back from his second injury. If they run their offense through him, whether it's in the pass game or the run game, they're going to put up points. We saw last week where he had 118 rushing yards, a couple of receive a couple of receptions and then three rushing touchdowns. They put up over 40. They dominated that game and it all started at the line of scrimmage. San Francisco's defensive line is Almost as good as uh, Dallas's. They're not known for their just stout defensive abilities. It's mainly just their well-oiled machine on offense. But let's not sleep on San Francisco as well. They've got Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, Ark Armstead. They've got studs in there, and they've got a good defensive scheme for them. Uh, Like you said, Josh, Green Bay will probably have to put up 30-plus in order to win this one. I don't see San Francisco uh, falling flat offensively. I think Brock Purdy is going to show us why he's been a top 10 quarterback, maybe borderline top five this year. And CMC is going to probably put together a good case of why he should be offensive player of the year. I believe he was, he was over 20 touchdowns this year, right? And he was over uh, 2000 scrimmage yards as well, I believe. Definitely. But I, I think I saw something about it, but I wasn't hundred percent sure. Uh, I just, San Francisco's roster is way better. I like their coach a little bit more. LaFleur's a great coach. Uh, I hate that I have to turn on my head and say that. 
But if Green Bay does somehow pull this one out, I'm taking San Francisco, by the way. If Green Bay somehow pulls this one out and it's because of Jordan Love, I will just be sick. I will be broken. And I will come on here next pod and say that Jordan Love is special. But I don't think that's going to happen because I'm going with San Francisco. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I already think Jordan Love at this point might be special, but if he wins this game, he might be something almost more than special. Uh, overall, the 49ers are just a better football team. Uh, I think they're going to run the ball very well. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a big game. Brock Purdy gets another chance in the playoffs. Hopefully he doesn't destroy his elbow in this one. And uh, I think Jordan Love might keep this game close. I think their offense can move the ball, but I don't think they'll be able to keep it close enough. I think the 49ers slow him down just enough to win the game by about 10, 10-ish points. All right, moving on here to Buccaneers at Lions. Lions are favored by six and a half points in this game. The over-under is 49 and a half. Uh, this is by far the most expensive divisional round ticket. I saw something like the average was like $1,100 for a ticket to the stadium, uh, which is just absolutely absurd. Ford Field's going to be rocking. Uh, I do have a bit of an update. On what we were talking about last pod, with this being one of the loudest games we've heard in a while, I think decibel rating it was fourth, uh, behind Arrowhead in like 2014. I'm trying to remember what the other two were. Seattle at one point, and then I forget what the third one was. But I mean, I uh, did say top five, so yeah. I'm so glad I said that there you go. So it is one of the loudest ever. Uh, and I think after seeing that stat, I think the Lions are gonna Lions fans are gonna do all they can to try to beat that I record this up. week. Um, Seattle's probably up there. Yeah, Seattle. Yeah, it was. I know it was Lumen Field, Arrowhead, and there was one more. I just can't remember what it was. It's an obvious one. I just it would can't. have to be the Saints. It was. It was the Saints. That was the third. Okay. Yeah. It was uh Arrowhead one time once, Seattle two, Saints three, and then uh, Lions uh, last week at four. But uh, it's funny how the Lions got fucked on seeding and ended up still <laughs> getting the best second round matchup uh, possible in this week here. I mean, I'd rather play the Buccaneers than either of the other two teams playing in the game we just spoke of. That's just uh, good karma work its way around. It is, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> the Lions, last time they played, they dominated time possession, won the game 20-6 to in Week 6. The Lions in that game were missing Jameer Gibbs, Jonah Jackson, Brian Branch, CJ Gardner-Johnson, and Monty. Uh, so they were missing five starters. Um, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how the Lions play with that. This is the most uh, healthy the Lions have been all season uh, where they're currently sitting. Um, James Houston is coming back uh, after a nine sack season last year. He's coming back for the first time since breaking his leg in week two. Uh, so that could be a big factor for the Lions. He was so successful last year, just coming in, especially on third down, just throwing him on the edge, having him go scream at the quarterback. He wasn't playing every snap last season. Uh, so it, I think it's going to work out for him to be able to just come back and play in spurts like he's used to and like he can now that he's healthy. Uh, the Lions have the best pass offense and rush defense remaining in the playoffs right now on the season. Uh, so they're dominating two of the biggest four factors of the game. Uh, overall, I think it's going to set them up for a lot of success here in the future. Uh, Tampa Bay has the 27th ranked pass defense uh, in the league. I think they're going to struggle to get stops on the Lions here. The Lions just diced up the Rams pass defense last week. I believe the Rams were ranked, ranked 20 in pass defense. They're playing a worst pass defense this week. I think they're going to absolutely dice up Tampa. Uh, I spoke about how Tampa on the last pod, I spoke about how Tampa blitzes a lot, uh, similar to Minnesota, and they rely on the pass very heavily. Uh, Lions handled Minnesota twice on the road and then at home. Uh, I think a very similar situation is going to happen here. Tampa has the second worst rush offense in the league. They're going to have to pass this whole game. 
We know that they're not going to be able to run on the lines. Most teams can't, but especially not the teams that can't run the ball at all. Uh, they're going to have to go out there and they're going to have to put 30 plus up on the lines in the pass game. Lions don't have a great pass defense, as we know, but they're going to know that they're going to be uh, facing the pass for most of this game, especially if they get up early, uh, which I think will lead to success, lead to maybe Baker turning the ball over a couple times. And if he turns the ball over more than once, I think this game could be a blowout. Um, the Lions, the last time the Lions went to the NFC title game uh, was 1992, the same time that they won their last playoff game 32 years ago. Uh, I think they're going to do that again. Uh, I strongly believe in this Lions team. I don't see how Tampa's going to be able to get stops. And if you go and let the Lions put up 35 points on you, which I think is very, very likely this game, um, you're going to have to go score more than 35. And I just don't see that happening uh, going on the road in Detroit after losing 20 to six at home against a really beat up Lions team. Now you're playing them at the most healthy they've ever been. I think this is just a really tough matchup for the Bucks. It's almost surprising to me. Uh, given what we know uh, at this point in the season, that the Lions are the second lowest spread of any game this week. I Six and a half just feels a little bit low to me. Um, I am almost leaning taking the Lions at an alternate spread this game of like 10 points or 14. Uh, I g- genuinely am just very, very confident uh, in what we're going to see from the Lions. Everybody hyped up, oh, Brian Flores, he's so aggressive. They blitz all the time. Todd Bowles is so aggressive. He blitz all the time. We saw that happen for Brian Flores. Um, I think the Lions are ready for that. Ben Johnson's ready for that. Uh, I think they're they're going to go out there and put up a ton of points on the Bucks. And Dan Campbell said today, uh, to those fans who kept faith, you deserve this. To the doubters, stay off the train. It's too late for you. Mm. <laughs> uh, I will have to agree with you. I do think Detroit's going to put up a lot of points, but the story this year has been people just underestimating Baker Mayfield and what he's able to do when he's given time in the pocket, Not when Dan he's given Olofsky. a second chance. But uh, I I wouldn't underestimate him this game. I mean, he's here for a reason. He dismantled that Eagles defense, and I think you could argue they have a lot better personnel than the Lions. Sure, they just they're the Eagles are like rough in terms of pass defense, but they've got some big bodies up there that can disrupt you in the pocket if they're at their best. They weren't this year, but I still think that may be a little bit of an outlier uh, just because they lost a lot of talent in the staff room. But I'll stay off of that. Uh, I expect, like you said, Detroit's probably going to score a bunch of points. I think Tampa will keep pace early in the game, but I think Detroit's got good enough coaching that they'll make adjustments at halftime, and they'll probably just shut them down in the second half. Uh, it, this also all depends on what Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield we see. If we see the Jared Goff we've seen in the last month or so, yeah, they'll probably put up 40 and it'll be an easier win. If we see Baker Mayfield that we've seen the last month, I don't know. We might get a nice little toe-to-toe uh, heavyweight battle right here. But it's been a – for both of these quarterbacks their entire career, they've been underrated because of just situation or whether it's 313-1 and one or just – not being good enough for the three offensive coordinators he's seen in Cleveland and bouncing around between the Rams and the Panthers last season. And then being written off as probably one of the three worst teams in the league coming into this year in Baker Mayfield. But I think this has a sneaky good game written on it. I do think Detroit will win. Uh, The points does seem a little low to me, given the dominance Detroit has shown in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And like you mentioned, uh, Tampa can't run very often 
against just average defenses and facing the best rushing defense in the league, they're going to struggle. They're going to be forced to throw the ball. And when a team is forced to throw the ball, that makes rushing the passer a lot easier because you don't have to second guess and think run. You can just pin your ears back and go after the quarterback. That's where Hutch is at his best. I think he's going to have a lot of good tape after this game on Sunday against Tristan Wirfs and they're going to have to send a lot of chip help, which will open up stuff for James Houston, Aline McNeil, other guys on the line that uh, I really don't have the names in the top of my head. I'm sure you do, but I don't. Um, but I'm taking Detroit in this one, and I think they, as gross as it is, I think they've advanced to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I think this is going to be a pretty close game. Um, it's the battle of two QBs who have seemingly been written off and, Last week, we were able to get a lot of revenge on their doubters. Goff with the Rams. Baker just getting his revenge on a lot of teams for not believing in him, especially the Browns. He advanced farther than the Browns, which I'm just happy for him doing that. We did see this game earlier in the season, week six. Lions dominated that game. But really, both of these teams are completely different. You touched on all the injuries the Lions had. The Buccaneers, though, just overall, they've seemingly found something. They've won five of their last six. Um I am slightly worried about the Lions going into this game that they might overlook the Buccaneers a little bit. I trust Dan Campbell enough for that not to happen, but it's just something where you feel like you should win the game and uh, you're kind of already looking forward to the conference championship possibly. And yeah, um, I don't know. I just something got to worry about. I think Dan Campbell will have them focus on this week. We saw CJ Gardner Johnson going and uh, trash talking to Baker Mayfield a little bit. Um, um, if there's one quarterback out there that I really wouldn't want to piss off, one of them is definitely Baker Mayfield. We've seen him take disrespect multiple times and come out and play great games, use it as fuel. Uh, and it was kind of embarrassing for C.J. Garner-Johnson with the Russell Gage comment, considering Russell Gage just hasn't played. So um, uh, Lions even going to have to show up. Uh, another uh, just kind of distraction for the Lions, Ben Johnson getting multiple coaching interviews in the next couple of days. I hate that that's a thing for teams in the playoffs. I, we saw it last year a lot. We're seeing it again this year. Um, so it's only Zoom meetings, though. They can't do it. It is only Zoom meetings, yeah, but still is a distraction. Uh, Jared Goff, he's been great this season. 269 yards per game on the season, second best in the league behind Tua, and he was even better at home. At Ford Field, averages 280 yards per game, through 19 of his 30 touchdown passes there. I believe in him. I believe in this Lions offense. I think they're going to have a solid day. We'll see how they do in the red zone. The Buccaneers have had a solid red zone defense all season. Uh, I'm excited for this game. Yeah, I, I believe in the Lions here, man. I, uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's, cra- it's crazy that uh, – as after everyone was picking against the uh, Lions and everyone was picking Stafford and the lamb, the lambs, they were the lambs on on Sunday. <laughs> the the ra- sacrificial lambs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Everyone was picking the Rams, and now everyone flips. I see everyone's picking the Lions. No one wants to risk it and pick the Bucks. Uh, when everyone wanted to risk it last week and be cute, but it's funny how everybody in the media just kind of goes with trends when they see everyone picking an upset they go oh i'm gonna go pick the upset too and try to be creative well everyone's switching up this week uh maybe that's a good sign for Tampa bay i don't really care um i do want to give a special shout out to somebody that i haven't talked about really this year at all who i think was a big uh factor in turning around this lions organization that's jamal williams um he did so much for bringing this culture to Detroit as 
as well as Sheila and Dan and Brad. But everything that he did for the Lions uh, in the two years he was with them uh, shaped them to be what they are today. I wish there was a way that we could just pick him up and put him on the practice squad and let him be a part of this run, but because he truly deserves it. Um, you kept you mentioned the three thirteen and one Zach. Whenever you mention that, I think of him. Uh, because you guys remember the hard knock speech. Every every time I get tired or think I can't go no more, I think of that fucking record. Uh, most of the guys on this Lions team also uh live with that same uh sentiment that he lived with. Uh, this is a part of a giant turnaround. Uh, and like I said last week, um, it's of course it's week to week, uh, for every team in the playoffs, uh, but. The Lions need to win this game. They are going to win this game. And they just, they're nowhere near done. They have so much more to do. You piss like a puppy going... off the porch. Mm, let the big dogs eat. <laughs> I, I'm going with Detroit this week. Uh, I wasn't really just following a trend last week when I picked the Rams. Uh, I feel like I, I wasn't really talking sound... about you, to be honest. No, I know. I, I just want to back up my my reasoning. Mm-hmm. I feel like I had sound logic for why I picked the Rams. I thought their offense had a lot of weapons, and I think they were going to put up a lot of points against a pass defense that was a little unreliable at times. And for the most part, I was kind of right. Uh, Detroit just scored more. But then both teams kind of clamped down in the second half, which I was very impressed with. But that's a sign of good coaching. I think Detroit's got a great coach. I think Tampa, they don't have that. Uh, Detroit's just better top to bottom. Uh, The only way Tampa stays in this game is if they just – miraculously move the ball through the air relatively easy and then just keep pace with Detroit until they make a mistake on offense and then they get a short field. But I don't see that happening. I like Detroit's personnel too much on both sides of the ball. Uh, And I think this is probably going to be another big game for Amon Ra, who's been having a top five caliber season. So I, yeah, I I think Detroit, this they match up too well against Tampa, and I think we're going to be seeing them next weekend as well in the NFC Championship game facing off against San Francisco. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Uh, I think it's going to take a Dave Finales legacy game for this offense to win, find a way to win them the game. I think it's going to stay close, but I think the Lions win it. Since the start of the Super Bowl era in 1966, Lions have never won two playoff games in the same postseason. I think the year of 2024 is the year that finally changes. I think the Lions win this game in a close one. I can see a very uh, similar thing happening uh, as it did in the Rams game where the Lions go out there and they start with a few 75-yard drives, take it to the house, and it's going to be a matter of can Baker do what Matt Stafford did, and even though they had to settle for a lot of field goals, they uh, they went down there and still scored. I don't know if Baker and the Bucks are going to be able to do that, but they're going to have to keep pace with the Lions. Uh, speaking of Stafford, I just remembered this. Did you guys see the the clip that resurfaced last night? Wasn't the, the uh, Kirby? Kirby Joseph? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. I mean, they want you to tackle low. You tackle low, they call you a dirty player. If you tackle high, they call you a dirty player. They find you, they suspend you. So, I mean, what what do you want them to do? Do you want them to be like, please, tight end, please, Tyler Higby, sit down. We don't want you to get any more yards. Or do you hit them where you're supposed to hit them? Hey, if that's a dirty player, that's what it takes. Maybe the Rams could use some more dirty players then. But uh, moving on here. To Chiefs at Bills. The Buffalo Bills are favored by three points in this game. The over-under is 45 and a half. Uh, like I said last spot, I think this game is going to be decided in the trenches. Can Kansas City stop the Buffalo run offense? Uh, Buffalo has the number five run offense in the league this year, which is great for them. That's what they've needed this entire run with Josh Allen. 
and the Bills. They've needed to be able to run the ball. They can now. Um, I think Casey's going to be able to handle this Buffalo pass game. It's going to come down to, is Buffalo going to be able to stick with the run? Are they going to be able to, when they need to run the ball, are they going to run it, or are they going to try to get cute and keep passing? Because we've seen in years past with Buffalo, everybody's just, run the ball, run the ball, because they just sit there and they pass every down. They're not going to be able to pass every down this game. They're going to have to run the ball. If Chris Jones and company and Carl Optus can stop this run game for Buffalo, I think Casey definitely wins this game. Um, their rush defense for Kansas City is middle of the league, as is Buffalo's. They're about the same spot. I think they're 15 and 16 in rush defense. Uh, both teams are going to have to establish the run because the other team has great pass defenses. But we're looking at two of the best pass offenses in the league in Buffalo and Kansas City. So it's really going to be a true matchup of who can dominate those trenches. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I remember seeing something on Twitter about Josh Allen and I don't remember what year it was. I think it might've been the 2021 season with the crazy Mahomes uh, drives down the field in 13 seconds and ties the game at 36, sends it to overtime, all that, that playoff run that Josh Allen was having, he had thrown nine touchdown passes in two games. He had five in the first one against the Patriots, which thinking about it now, how the hell did they make the playoffs? And then another four, in the divisional round against Kansas city. I think we're seeing another run like that from Josh Allen, where he's just putting the team on his back for the most part and just playing outright MVP level football. And I I mean, we've said it before. If Josh Allen's going to play smart and just be dominant with everything that he does, running the ball, throwing the ball, just decision-making in general, this team can go far. Uh, I think Kansas city got a little bit of a, was very beneficial last week with who their matchup was and the weather of the game. I think if they faced off against uh, Buffalo in the wild card round, like, I don't know how it would have happened, but uh, I think Buffalo only could have been the seven seed if they were the wild card. But regardless, uh, if they matched up with Buffalo in the wild card round, they probably lose just because their offense has not been that great the last couple months. And really all year, they've been really inconsistent. They have yet to find that groove. Uh, Kelsey just not looking like himself. He had a couple drops last week. He had a solid stat line in the game, but if the Chiefs want to win this one, they're going to have to go to Kelsey early and often. They're going to have to take advantage of the injured Buffalo defense. They lost another. They lost Milano earlier in the year. They lost another linebacker via the cart uh, last week. It's been a very unfortunate year for Buffalo on the defensive side of the ball with the injuries, but they've just been so. Uh, what's the word? perseverant i don't know i don't know what the verbiage or correct grammar is for that one i've it's like right on the tip of my tongue i just persevering they've been they have persevered so much this year through all of the injuries they've had along with the josh allen inconsistencies early especially with that punt return touchdown a week one it just felt like a death sentence and just a cap on how this season could go for them, but they turned it around. They won the division given only a 5% chance going into week 15. And I could not be more impressed. Mike, I know you said last week that you don't understand the infatuation of the bills. I really do. Josh. I, said, I said that. I said that. Yeah, I'll say that was here. not me. That's on me. That's on me. No, he loves the bills. That's on me. Um, well, Josh, you said that you don't understand the infatuation about the bills. I do. Uh, I think Josh Allen is playing MVP level ball right now. And this is the type of quarterback play that can win you a Super Bowl with a with an injured or subpar roster around you compared to the competition. 
I think a Buffalo San Francisco or hell, God forgive me, a Buffalo Detroit Super Bowl would move mountains for this league. It would show uh, the difference between uh, an average supporting cast with a mega star quarterback against a game manager quarterback with a phenomenal system. And I put the quotes. I, I'm trying to remain impartial here. And it would, and uh, and a really solid supporting cast, really good scheme, really good play calling, and just uh, a good team around him in general. I think that game would be phenomenal. It would move mountains. It would probably cure cancer. I don't know. But um, just for this game, uh, Buffalo being at home really is the deciding factor for me. Uh, you mentioned before, Josh, uh, Kansas City, they can get loud, hence them being in the top three of the decibels, like highest decibels ever recorded in a game. Uh, if this game was in Kansas City, that would be probably swinging my vote on who wins this one. I wouldn't. I would stay away from this game if I was betting the over under. No way, because with the weather being what it is, who knows? It could just be a twenty to uh, twenty one just slugfest. But it could also turn into one of those games that they've played before, where it's both teams are in the thirties and you're going blow for blow until the final whistle. So this is going to be such a great game to watch. I'm so glad this is the final game of of, of the divisional round and. I think home field advantage is going to play such a large role in this game. And I think that's why Buffalo will probably come out on top in this one. Yeah. I saw the tweet today, Buffalo again, asking for fans to come out to um, shovel their stadium. So there's going to be snow again for this game, not on the field, but uh, in the stands, I'm looking at the Buffalo injury report right now. There's just a lot of DNPs. It is early in the week, uh, still Thursday. A lot of them are still unspecified. But it'll be interesting to see who's ready to go. Uh, uh, playoff game, so you got to be ready. This is this quarterback battle and team battle is really starting to become the Brady versus Manning of this era. These are two great teams that um, now have found each other in three can, different playoffs. Burrow's up there, but uh, these two, they have the classic game, the 13 seconds left. Mahomes wins it with uh, the field goal going in overtime, gets the ball first and scores. Josh Allen never sees the field. And I was thinking for this game, wouldn't it be hilarious if this game goes to overtime? Buffalo gets the ball first, scores a touchdown. I see it. it. (laughs) And then the Chiefs get a touchdown. The game would have been over if it wasn't for the rule change. But the Chiefs get the ball, get a touchdown, and get the ball back and end the game. That would be a hilarious way for this game to end. But I think it would be just as funny if Buffalo got the ball first, had to settle for a field goal, and then Casey went and got a touchdown. It's like, it didn't matter. Yeah, that it would anything involving the new overtime for the playoffs, which stemmed from this game previously, which is be top tier comedy. We need no T game. We're due. Oh, 100%. yeah. I feel like it's been a while. Um, Bills have won three of the last games uh, between these two in the regular season. The Chiefs have won the last two in the playoffs. The big storyline, like you guys touched on, is Mahomes' first ever road playoff game, which is just impressive that this is his first road playoff game and he's been in the league for how many years? But the game itself, um, the Bills, they've been building their team in recent years to specifically beat the Chiefs. Uh, Stopping the pass, the Chiefs' defense has been very good at stopping the pass. And the main thing with that has been they've racked up 57 sacks, which is second highest in the league. Problem for Kansas City is that Josh Allen is very good at evading sacks. He's big. He's tough to bring down. He can go off script and make big plays. Defensively, the Chiefs are very good at stopping the pass, but they have struggled to stop the run this year, which... The Bills are, are top eight in the NFL in rushing yards this year. So 
I think the key is for the Bills to get pressure on Mahomes. Chiefs are one and three when Mahomes is sacked three times. They went two and six this year when he completed less than 65% of his passes. So um, the Bills, they got to show up on both sides of the ball. They got to be able to run the football and they need their defense to get pressure on them. Uh, yeah, I will give a little bit of update to what I talked about earlier about the decibel meter. I, f- I found the the rankings here. First was Arrowhead Stadium, 2014, 142.2 decibels. Second was Lumen Field, Seattle, 2013, 137.6 decibels. Third, Caesar Superdome, 2013, 136.6 decibels. And fourth, Ford Field, 2024, 133.6 decibels. So Arrowhead, not going to be a factor here because they are in Buffalo. But the Bills need Stephon Diggs to show up this game. He's had a lot of quiet games this year. They're not going to be able to win this game if he has another quiet game. Do we know if Gabe Davis is going to be back? I don't I know, would, but I'm going to be honest. I and don't or think Rizul it's Douglas. Make that big of a difference. Rizul Douglas will. Makes a monster I difference. I do not think Gabe Davis will make that big of a difference. Shakir's been surprisingly good. Yeah, he has been surprisingly good. Just towards good. the back half of the year. So Yeah, we'll see about Douglas. Douglas plays a monster factor in this game. I do for me it comes down to I feel like I've seen a couple times this year James Cook have some fumbles that are kind of inexplainable. Both teams, Pacheco and James Cook, are gonna be running the ball. They need to run the ball this game. I trust Pacheco to hold on to the ball a little bit more. Uh I like Pacheco more as a back running hard uh here in the cold weather. I think it's gonna come down to the wire, uh, as these games have in the past in the playoffs. But I'm going to go with the trend. I'm going to go with Kansas City. I'm going to go with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Uh, I'm going with Kansas City to pull the upset here. I think you can argue that's kind of uh, against the trend. I feel like a lot of people are going Buffalo. I meant trend based on the playoff games they played. Kansas City. Uh, Okay, you're right. Well, said it before, I'm going Buffalo. Uh, Like you you said, uh, James Cook is going to be a very crucial X factor. Mainly the Buffalo Bills rushing offense in general is going to be a huge X factor, whether it's Cook or Josh Allen, just getting in between the tackles, able to get out gritty first downs. Uh, it's going to be very crucial to keep this Kansas City defense on the field. They're a very young unit. I believe they're the youngest defensive unit in the league. Hopefully that inexperience shows up for Buffalo so they can just take advantage of it. I hope that I'm praying that this game's a shootout, like 31, 31 going to OT. That would be my dream game. I know my roommate would be sweating bullets if that were to happen, but I think that's a great way to cap off the divisional round. Uh, It's, this is going to be a great game. At least I hope it is. Uh, I think Buffalo just comes out on top. I'm going to, I think uh, Bill's mafia is just going to show up. They're gonna be throwing snowballs. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a great environment. I think, if it was in Kansas City, I think I would pick Kansas City. But home field advantage being this important in the playoffs, and the fact that Buffalo has been on fire recently, I'm just, I'm trusting my gut. I think Josh Allen finally beats Kansas City in the playoffs. He goes to the AFC Championship game, and dare I say he makes the Super Bowl? I don't know, but. If you would have asked me a month ago or a couple months ago, that would have been crazy to me because Buffalo was playing some rough football. They were looking on the outside looking in, but look at them now. Two seed, and they've they've shocked the world, honestly, with where they were at before. They have, and I don't think Josh took in the fact of the snowball um, yeah. situation. That's That could be massive. Uh, nice, snowball be that, nice snowball to the head of Patrick Mahomes might break his helmet a little bit. Might take 15 um, yards back, too. 
<laughs> it might take Mahomes out of the game if it's a hard enough snowball. I mean, yeah, put, maybe you put something in the snowball. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with the Bills. I've been really living with the Bills and dying by the Bills all season. Uh, I think this is this is their moment to finally win that big game and propel them to an AFC championship. Uh, they were rode off a couple of months ago and they've managed to fight their way back. And I think they're gonna find a way to win it. They're gonna get pressure on Mahomes. Uh, and Josh Allen is going to make plays. He's been waiting for this moment for two years now. Stephon Diggs, he's been waiting for this moment for two years now. Or no, that well, the picture was three years ago, but he's been waiting for two years. I got the Bills winning this one and hopefully another classic. I don't see it being a shootout. I see it kind of just being both teams just slowly working their way down the field, having to earn every single yard on both of these good defenses. I've talked about how great the Bills' defense is at home. They're phenomenal in Buffalo. I think it's going to be slightly low low scoring, just both offenses being very efficient. Uh, kind of like the last classic. So I'm just hoping for a classic, but I got Buffalo. Yeah, I am hoping for a classic as well. I do think this game is also going to go under. But uh, speaking of betting lines, we'll move on to our betting picks here for the week. Uh, I got a lot I like here. I had a lot I liked last week and went one and five, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give a couple picks here. Guess we're fading Josh this week. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Or or I'm due. Or I'm due. Um, Texans at Ravens over 43 and a half. I love that. I think that game, I don't know if it's going to be a shootout, but I think it definitely hits that over 43 and a half. That's a little low to me. And then, like I teased earlier, Lions minus six and a half. I'm going to take that line a little bit higher. I think I'm going to go something like nine and a half. Uh, I think the Lions win this game by double digits and move on to the NFC title game. Uh, with there being so... Uh, so few options. I feel like I'm kind of boxed into this one. Uh, I'm going Texans plus nine and a half. I <laughs> I really think it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a really close game, a lot closer than a nine and a half point spread. Uh, I was going to take Lions minus six and a half. I probably should have prepared for that a little bit better, but uh, this Chiefs Bills game, I think it's going to be, I, I'm maybe it's just wish, wow. Uh, maybe it's just wishful thinking. Uh, but I'm going to take the over 45 and a half. I think it's going to be a fun game. I think both teams are going to finish in the high 20s, low 30s. And I'm praying for some OT ball. I want to see Josh Allen get some divine justice. And I, I want to see him go to the AFC Championship game and fight for first spot in Vegas. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of shocked to see the Bills are two and a half point favorites. I thought it would be almost just a pick them. I'm just going to go with uh, Bill's money line. I think they're going to win the game. Uh, but uh, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it'll be a one-point game, maybe a Tyler Bass game-winning field goal, doing off the post and in. That's oh my, my official God. prediction. Don't do that to me. <laughs> going off the post and in is my official prediction for that game. And then, uh, man, I really wanted Texans nine and a half, but I'll just go with uh, the over in that game, over 43 and a half. I think both teams are going to score a lot of points. I'll go third next week to kind of make it up to you. <laughs> um, I was gonna say since we have so many few games here, do we want to just give one pick for each game here, even if we overlap? We only have four games to do here. I think it's pretty what? doable. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, we each, we, we each give one betting pick each for the game, whether it's over under or spread. Okay. I mean, we could overlap. I mean, we already overlapped. Me and Mike both took the over in that game. So oh, you oh. I mean, there's so many few picks here. Like us overlapping. Yeah, that's bound. Yeah, that's we can run through it. Um, so Texans Ravens, like I said, I'm taking over 43 and a half. Um, Packers 49ers. I'm gonna take the under in that one, under 50 and a half. 
like I said, Lions, I'm going to take that advanced spread at nine and a half. And then Chiefs Bills, um, I'm going to take Chiefs plus three. I can see it being a, a field goal game. Like I said, I think the Chiefs are going to win. But in the event that there is a late field goal from Bass or whatever, um, play a little safe there, take Chiefs plus three. Uh, for me, I'll just stick with my original Texans plus nine and a half. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, I'm going to go Niners minus nine and a half. I think their offense is just going to be too much for the Packers defense. And obviously I have my questions about Jordan Love, and I think this Niners defense has some talent. And they had an extra week to prepare that Dallas did not. Um, I guess I'll just go Lions minus six and a half. I think this is going to be a relatively easy win for Detroit. Uh, in the locker room, they can't be thinking that way though, or else they're going to be patent. They're going to be sent packing. And then Chiefs Bills, I'll go. I'll stick with my over forty five and a half. I think this is going to be a phenomenal game and great way to end the week. Yeah, uh, for Texans Ravens, I'll just go plus nine and a half. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think the Ravens win it, but I think the Texans keep it close. For Packers 49ers, I'm going to go under 50 and a half. That is the highest over under of the week. So I think there's a chance that uh, the 49ers uh, get ahead early. Maybe the Packers come back and score some late garbage touchdowns to go over, but I think it's going to stay under. Uh, Bucks Lions, I think the Lions win, and I think they win by about 10 ish points. So I'm going to go Lions minus six and a half. And for Chiefs Bills, I'm just going Bills money line. I think Tyler Bass is going to doink a kick in to win by one point. All right. So that'll about do it for our divisional round preview. Uh, as always, we will be back next week to recap these games. And then later on next week, we will be previewing the final two of the final three games of the NFL season. That hurts. Um, I know, as what about the Pro Bowl? What about the flag football the flag football game? Football game yeah, the, yeah, I guess we'll talk some skills sounds. That's gonna be a tough week, huh? When we have to it's just oh, Pro Bowl. Yeah. We'll talk some uh some other sports there. Maybe we'll talk some um women's college basketball, we'll talk some Caitlin Clark or, or something yeah. that week. But um as always, hit those links in our description for our Spotify and our TikTok, different forms of content down there. Our social medias for us personally and the pod are also down there. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and we'll see everybody in the next one.